0: Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jedekin. I pressed record right before Desi was about to say something. I was going to dunk so hard.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to remind myself what it was later. I will still have the fury. Don't worry. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let's start out the show by thanking our Patreon contributors for the past week. They donated over at patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. This week we had Matthew, Jane, Brandy, Ryan, Kimberly, Sean, Heneke, Dan, Sammy, Emma, Mary, Caitlin, Eleanor, Alyssa, Angela, Greg, Lisa, Tammy, Diane, and Faye. Thanks, guys. Patreon episodes are going up very soon, in the next day or two.
1: Yes, so if you want there's over a hundred episodes now of bonus content that you have access to the moment you join right. patreon, so if you want extra
0: episodes, join right, and for all those people who have been on patreon the new app ep- the new newest patreon episodes, we got two of them, yeah, they're long ones, they're yeah. going up, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, all right, we're talking about sitcom scandals, yeah now this is most definitely going to be a reoccurring series because yeah. there are, are so many sitcom related scandals that we can talk about. Is this specific to nineties sitcoms? No, or just, okay. There just happens to be a lot. The, yeah. Okay. You know, and that's like the era I was watching a lot of sitcoms right. when I was a kid. Uh, we're going to be talking about a show we have talked about on the pod before, and that is home improvement. Oh yeah. honestly, I don't think I have ever
1: watched that show. I think I've definitely seen it. Like when it was like coming on, I would turn it. You know, it starts like after I was watching something else maybe.
0: I would watch it if it was on and there was – it wasn't like my show. But I I definitely watched it enough that I know the characters and I know like the premise. I know the
1: boys. Like I know Jonathan Taylor Thomas was like the heartthrob.
0: Was that his show? That was his show and that's what launched him – and that's what made it. I mean, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Like, yes, he's a very cute. He was a very cute little boy. Not my type. No, not my type either. I was a Brad Renfro girl, ride oh, or die, yeah. forever. Uh, I always like the bad boys. Always like the bad <laughs> boys. Uh,
1: no, no, I don't think I ever watched it. But obviously, I know all about it. It's just not my type of show.
0: Yeah, I mean, and then there was like the guy Wilson, the neighbor who you only over ever, the fence. Yeah, you only ever
1: saw the top half of his face. I hate how much I know about a show. I that's like how <laughs> cluttered my brain is. Like things I don't even care about. I know everything about. <laughs> it's just annoying.
0: It's even worse in the internet age, too. And um and uh, of course, Tim Allen, who we've talked we done we did a mini episode on him like a couple of years ago. Yeah. Because he was uh, busted for cocaine and then he fucking snitched on everyone. A snitch. He's a snitch. Never. The co- you can't getting, recover from getting that. Getting busted for cocaine, what can you do? You, you know don't what? have to snitch on everyone. It's not else. your
1: fault it's illegal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we're going to be talking about the youngest of the Taylor boys, and that is Taryn Noah Smith. Oh, oh. He played Mark Taylor. So you, sat, you gave me a knowing look. Like you know, I know his story. You know what's coming. Yeah, I do. This is a wild story, Desi. <laughs> and I went down some rabbit holes that I had to stop myself. I just know his look, too. He has, like, those sunken eyes. He's from Marin. Oh, he is? Yeah. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So he played the youngest Taylor brother on Home Improvement from 1991 to 1999. I think he got the show when he was, like, seven. They were young when they started. they were really young, yeah. uh, so by two thousand one, Taryn ended up suing his parents to gain control over his 1.5 million dollar trust fund, which he claimed that his parents were squandering. Ooh. Now, this is when he was seventeen years old. He had been off the show. The show had been off the air for two years at this point. right this is we've heard stories like this before. Uh, Tale as old as time, child actors. Getting screwed over by their parents. Getting screwed over by his parents. Uh, He wanted the money immediately, basically, but he had to wait till he was 18. By the time he was 18, he got the money. His parents didn't squander all of it away. Uh Were they squandering it, or is that just his opinion? That was his opinion. He was estranged from his parents for a while after it, but he has a good relationship with his mom now.
1: Okay. so I mean, it must be weird to be making all this money and you're not using it. Because think of what an asshole you are as a kid, even about things when you don't have a million dollars involved. Oh, yeah. You're so entitled. Absolutely. So this is definitely where you're like, I have my own fucking money. I can take... Because one complaint... One thing parents can use against you is like, I pay for everything. You're you're nothing without my support. Right. And he's like, I have a million dollars. Like, you can't control me. Like, right. Yeah. So it's like, you can imagine how that's a bad situation as a parent to be in. Like,
0: I read that, like, The money, his money paid for like a house, but it was
1: like for the family. Right. And they probably have something where they get like a small percentage as his manager or something
0: too, Possibly, yeah. Yeah. I know that the mom wrote like a memoir type situation or more like like an insider look of like, you know, raising a child star and like shady people in Hollywood and stuff like that. Obviously, I did not have time. I did this whole story in a day, you guys. I did this entire I wrote this whole show in a day. So it's going to be a fun one. We're going to see what happens. (laughs) He remained estranged from his parents for a while, but the real scandal happened when Taryn Noah Smith got married to a woman twice his age. (laughs) Taryn first met vegan chef Heidi Van Pelt when he was 14 at a vegan party. (laughs) What? They reconnected two years later when he was 16 and began dating. Now, she was 32 years old, Ugh. and he's 16. And at the time, he told his parents that she was only 25, which I'm sure they still weren't happy about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's she's still... You're still illegal. You're still underage. I'm
1: trying to think of, like, a vegan
0: <laughs> joke. Like, the only the only thing
1: she didn't talk about... <laughs> Like, it was how, how the age difference, like, that was the thing she covered up. The veganism she talked all about, like, right? You'll work on it. Yeah, I'm working on it. She's working I'm workshopping it.
0: Workshopping this joke. Somewhere, something like that. Now, they moved in together into his parents' house. Oh. But they the parents found out the girlfriend's real age, 33, so they went on the run together. So he's 17, she's 33. They have to leave the house. He's essentially like a child runaway at this point. He's on the lam with his 33-year-old girlfriend. They lived on Maui for a few months. They were crashing on various friends' couches in L.A. They actually ended up in Kansas, which is where they stayed with uh, their lawyer. Now, the lawyer was actually the prom date of his girlfriend back in the 80s. What? So that's how she knew him and like he was a friend and a lawyer. How is this hot to her?
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Like you can see how sometimes like a young girl is like, "Ooh." <laughs> but how is a woman like, "I'm dating a 17-year-old, we're on the lam,
0: <laughs> sleeping on like sofa surfing or whatever it's called, couch <laughs> surfing." Like <laughs> Now, they decided they were going to have to get married in order for them to go back to California and resume their relationship legally and get access to his trust.
1: Or how about just waiting a few months till he's 18?
0: <laughs> well, they couldn't wait. So the lawyer officiated their wedding and they were married uh, in a secret ceremony in Kansas on April 27th 2001.
1: So were they allowed to get married at 17 in Kansas? Is that
0: yes. part of it? Okay. Now the wedding took place poolside at a law office. There was a poolside. pool. That, like there, there was a pool at this law office. Don't ask me how, but there was.
1: That's so Kansas.
0: <laughs> in Topeka. That's okay. where they are. Okay. Uh, the couple exchanged mood rings. And they were barefoot. I know you're just so, she's so disappointed. (laughs) That's
1: even worse than the
0: age difference. (laughs) (laughs) But California, of course, did not recognize this marriage. Oh, really? So the couple would have to wait until Taryn was 18, until they moved back to California. And they did. Okay. So when Taryn turned 18 in April of 2002, he gained access to his trust, and the couple bought a home in Sherman Oaks. It was there that they started their own vegan catering business called Playfood. Heidi <laughs> Heidi Van Pelt had developed her own special recipe for vegan cashew cheese, which became the company's signature product. And it started creating a lot of buzz around town in vegan circles, like, oh, this cheese is the best. Oh, really? And at the time, in the early 2000s, there wasn't a lot of vegan cheese options. Yeah. Like,
1: like unless there you, is now.
0: Like there is now, yeah. where you can just get it at any grocery store pretty much now Heidi um they opened the play food cafe inside of their home seems legit (laughs) it was not legit this was an illegal restaurant that they were operating what was the secret ingredient (laughs)
1: cheese I keep waiting for a reveal
0: (laughs) it was like like a you know Yes, Daisy, I know what you're implying. I'm very I'm very aware of whatever it is you're implying. <laughs> now, Taryn converted various rooms in their home into dining areas. Like they were turning their own house into a restaurant. This is what happens when you date a child.
1: <laughs> it's like let's play restaurant. <laughs> I'm the waiter. <laughs> we could buy order pads. <laughs> You know, that's like the kid I was. I was too. I wanted all the
0: paperwork. I was too. Wait, wait, stop, stop. We're having, a, we're having a moment right now. My best friend and I, Laura Mueller, growing up, we would go to the office supply store or oh beg her mom to go to the office supply store and we would buy like, like uh, what did she get one time for her birthday? It was the most exciting thing ever. It was like a receipt machine. Like a, like a, and we would just play work. All the time. No. We, we
1: would play I got the- like a roll call book one yeah. time and played school and everyone was mad at me because
0: I was too serious about it. They're like, this isn't fun. And I was like, here, check. <laughs> it was so hilarious. We had the order pads for the restaurant. We had we bought like a roll. I would have for-
1: died to have the check pad. I don't Dude. think I ever got that where you could write it down
0: and total things. Right. But we had we definitely had the like um the fucking like accountant receipt thing. Oh my God. We, were, we would always just be like just putting random numbers in yeah, and just making long receipts. If I had like a hole punch. And stapling. The three hole
1: punch, I'd be like, I'm making.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: wanted office supplies.
0: Everything got stamped. Everything got stapled. Oh, the stamps. We had a void stamp.
1: Oh my God.
0: <laughs> I'm getting like faint. <laughs> okay. 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 Going on. So they're playing restaurant in their own home. He, uh, this was not a licensed eating establishment, Mm -hmm. as we've said, but they were serving up to 80 people at a time. Jesus, Heidi Van Pelt told Kansas City's indie magazine, The Pitch, quote, it was a party house every night of the week. And I don't just mean dinner. I mean party. We had poles in our house for people to play on. Half my friends were strippers. Now, David Winery, the lawyer friend said, "Quote: It was like Burt Reynolds' house and boogie nights. <laughs> so maybe there was special secret ingredients in that cheese. Oh wait,
1: I wanted to ask you something. When people say party and they capitalize the T, is that for meth?
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, I didn't know. I guess did. Do you notice that on Twitter or something? Or uh,
1: someone said something about it. They're like, whoa! I just found out why the T is capitalized sometimes in party. I mean, Uh, I know about party and play. That's what I heard about, but I had never heard of the capital T, so I was curious.
0: It's probably meth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. By 2005, the relationship between Heidi and Taryn was dissolving. Hmm. Taryn proposed an open marriage. (laughs) the first sign of any divorce. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, he was like kind of seeing girls a little too seriously according to her like they weren't just like hookups yeah right. um heidi told the pitch magazine that she told him make sure you use a condom mm. heidi told her husband as he left for Kansas City to party with david the lawyer for the weekend that's what <laughs> that's what she said like he he's going David, the lawyer, uh, first of all, this guy's older, too. This is an older man hanging out with Why would you
1: fly to Kansas City to party with some guy your wife went to the
0: prom with? (laughs) Like, the whole thing is weird. Now, when pictures of this party weekend in Kansas City surfaced, Heidi flew into a rage and trashed their home, breaking all of the dishes.
1: There goes the restaurant.
0: (laughs) Uh this illegal, the illegal vegan restaurant that Taryn and Heidi were operating was eventually shut down by the city. They are like, wait a minute. Yeah. This is...
1: Can you imagine the neighbors on next door? <laughs>
0: <laughs> they attempted to open a real play food restaurant in Studio City, but the restaurant just sat unopened for years. Oh. They could not get it together, but they were renting this property. So they just rented an empty building and did nothing. Yes. Nice. Now, they didn't have enough space to produce the amount of vegan cheese for their commercial production of it, because they wanted to like produce it commercially for different stores. So Heidi went back to Kansas City to attempt to open a production plant there. At this point, the relationship between her and Taryn was effectively over. In 2006, the business had still not gotten off the ground, and Heidi said she was financially ruined. At this time, Heidi had a new boyfriend, another younger man. This guy was like 11 years younger than her. She had met him in Kansas City. Okay. Heidi, her new boyfriend, and Heidi's mom were all running the Playfood plant, and the product had made its way into some local stores, and at the time they even had interest from Whole Foods, according to Heidi. But after budding... The key word is according to Heidi.
1: (laughs) Wait, if you were only dating much too young men for you, would you name your company Play Food? I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I feel like that's a theme. I would
0: not want to like, well, and the, hit home. And I was looking at the products of it, and it looks like Play-Doh. Like they're in oh, squeeze, is that why they're in squeeze tubes? This cheese. What an unappealing. It's all way to sell it. Yeah, it's not like a slice of vegan cheese,
1: or even like a tub of like. We, whatever that cheese, like like the pimento cheese.
0: It's not a tub of yeah. cheese. It's in squeeze tubes, like a ketchup Ugh. and mustard or bottle. like cheese whiz. It's like kind that. Like, yeah, it gross. looks like vegan cheese whiz. Now she was butting heads with her mom, especially over claims that the mom was financially wrecking the company, and she fired her. This is a quote from uh, the Pitch magazine, which was a very uh, very good source. Uh, for all of this drama, this is like an indie local okay. magazine in Kansas City. Um, it said, "Quote: She wanted to clean house and install new employees who shared her passion for play food. Instead, her past cut up with her. On Monday morning, January eighth, Smith was waiting for her, Taryn Noah Smith. Uh-huh. He'd gotten a call from uh, Duncan, which is Heidi's mom, with the news that she'd been fired." And a camera crew from KSHB Channel 41 was filming a segment about play food that day. Smith said he discovered that morning that Van Pelt had created a new company without him. He says Van Pelt defrauded him by taking thirteen thousand dollars he'd sent in October and seventy-one and seventy-one hundred dollars he'd sent on January second for a company in which he held no he held no authority. Quote. My first words to her were, I think we need to sit down and talk about this, Smith says, and her first words to me were, I don't care what you think. It went all downhill from there. Smith found a receipt for the computers, and he and Duncan started to leave with an armful. Razo, that's the new, new boyfriend, and Van Pelt saw it as theft and tried to stop them. Obscenities flew. The Parkville police showed up, but left without writing a report. It was like a Jerry Springer episode, Van Pelt says, end quote from the pitch.
1: I love when celebrities have this kind of trash drama. <laughs> love like it. they don't even care. They're just like like that's something that escalated for no reason. No. like yeah,
0: a mess. So Heidi asked, had asked Taryn to step down as CEO and give all of the trademark rights over to her, but he refused, and by 2007, they had entered this legal battle over the company. Uh, Heidi, A quote from Heidi was, he's going after my business. He's trying to steal everything. He needs to get a life. Now, the couple <laughs> finally divorced in 2007, and Heidi did end up opening her own vegan restaurant called Food. Now, Food is spelled F-U with an umlaut, D. Okay. I was going to
1: say, not very creative. <laughs> and after hearing how she spelled it, I'm still going to
0: go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. Now, the... I got it, went into a very deep rabbit hole with this restaurant. Is food in Kansas? Is yes. In, okay. So Kansas City. Uh-huh. Now, food closed in 2017 following some serious fuckery Ooh. with the way she was treating her staff and with staff that she had hired. Heidi had become convinced that her employees were conspiring against her. The Kansas City magazine, the pitch quoted her as saying, I do believe they were plotting against me and I can prove it. Oh. In August- <laughs> she dumps out of her- <laughs> some bullshit ephemera. But here. <laughs> now, in August of 2017, one of her employees named Sybil Watson quit due to another employee deploying hate speech at her. Ooh. Sybil said that he was firing off, quote, alt right talking points. Oh. This is a quote from Sybil in the pitch. He was saying anti-immigrant, anti-trans type of stuff. Watson says. So Heidi's a fucking turf on top of all of this, right? Does she have the bangs? Does she have turf bangs? <laughs> yeah. She might have turf bangs at this point. What does she look like?
1: Just like whatever. Yeah, she's just like later. this
0: dumb white bitch. Okay. Now, um, <laughs> <laughs> Watson, Sybil Watson also says that this is not the first time Heidi has been transphobic and said weird awful, transphobic shit to her before in the past. Now, uh, also, there was another uh, other... Like, all the other employees, except for the alt-right guy, were, have also claimed that Heidi would go in these crazy conspiracy theory-fueled rants in the kitchen. Like, she would basically hold them hostage in the kitchen in the morning Ugh. while she'd make a batch of her vegan cheese. <laughs> this, is, this is so awful. <laughs> She's also a flat earther. Oh. So she would talk about how the earth was flat... Uh, she, this is a quote from, uh, one of her other former employees from the pitch. It says Van Pelt had been talking, quote, had wait, Van, Van Pelt had been quote, talking for hours about pizza gate, how pedophiles were grinding people up to make pizza sauce. Jesus. Another shift I worked, she was trying to educate me about reptilian overlords who control the world, like delusional shit that you would never expect an adult to believe when employees arrived for work one day, the cash register and all the money was gone and all the money in the safe was gone. And then Heidi arrived on the scene with her lawyer and the cops and told everyone to get the fuck off the premises. Jesus. So she closed the restaurant herself because she had gotten these Google reviews that were like, uh, the owner of this place is a transphobe. Uh huh. And like the owner of this place, I overheard her. Like I was having lunch, and I overheard the owner talking about how the Earth is flat. Like <laughs> she don't go to the- I love the pitch. Is like we're on this deep dive investigative, <laughs> <laughs> dude. This magazine. It's like this is their biggest story story ever for the past like over ten years because the first story. The first pitch story that I was reading from or that I was quoting came out in 2007. And this one's 2017. They're like, oh, like Heidi Van Pelt. This is their running story. I love it. I love the pitch. It's so good. I'm a big fan of this magazine. That's
1: crazy. I mean, I knew about the marriage and the, and like the family drama, but I didn't know she just went off the deep end. Yeah. Uh, that's wild. Yeah.
0: So I, as you like, I. I was Googling Reddit forums about this restaurant. Like I need to. No, like, like. I'm like, what's the menu? <laughs> what is she serving? I mean, it was like your typical vegan, modern vegan fare. What a weird person. How, isn't that wild? Yeah.
1: I mean, obviously I don't have high hopes for someone who would marry like a teenager. Oh, right. Yeah. So, so it's not like surprising that they would be off the rails in other ways. Right. But just like a very unusual, I think the vegan restaurant thing is just like this added weirdness like Right. Cuz you wouldn't you don't necessarily associate vegans with that type of alt right stuff. Yeah. I mean, I guess they it's obviously very possible. Right.
0: So, yeah, that's the story of uh, Taryn Noah Smith. And what is he his doing ex-wife. now? Is he still acting or just. No, nothing? he he lives in Sausalito on a houseboat. Oh, yeah. Oh my God, one of those houseboats. He lives in a fucking houseboat in Sausalito. That's
1: what I would do. If you have like millions, just retire. I don't even think he has millions, but <laughs> he, maybe. He might probably blew it all on the houseboat <laughs> at, the very, at the very least. Those yeah. were expensive.
0: But yeah, I mean, I don't know. He stayed out of the news. Like, I know he got arrested for weed in 2012, but.
1: She's like more active in the news than he is. Yeah.
0: Like I really haven't heard anything new from him lately. Beauty should be good for you. And that's why we're excited to tell you about Beauty Counter. See why Upstart is top-ranked in their category with a 4.9 out of 5 rating on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com slash Hollywood to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash Hollywood. This next story is about Sasha Mitchell Oh yeah, who he does he? You know this guy, uh, <laughs> Sasha Mitchell starred on one of my favorite sitcoms from the '90s, Step by Step. Did you watch Step by Step?
1: I didn't watch Step by Step, but I saw Spike of Bensonhurst, which was like the movie that made him famous. Yeah, and I remember sitting in the theater watching it and thinking, this guy is so hot. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like I remember very distinctly thinking that when I was watching I was like holy shit this guy is hot like he was a model he's cute as hell like yeah he I mean was, I don't know what he looks like now but he had like that classic cute kind of bad but he,
0: yeah he was like a but
1: very like a I want to say like a Luke Perry type but he's even better looking classically like yeah and he's like a, built,
0: he's a yeah, yeah he's muscly but not too muscly yeah but it's just like an ideal he's kind like of, athletic looking okay now Sasha came from a very wealthy family based out of New York and L.A. His father had a successful career in the fashion industry, and his mom was a stay-at-home mom. In the 80s, when Sasha was a teen, he got a modeling agent, and he went on to become a model for Calvin Klein. I looked at these ads. They're very hot. Yeah. He appeared in a handful of roles on TV before landing the part of James Beaumont on Dallas. He played James from 1989 to 1991. In 19 in 1991 he also starred in the movie Kickboxer 2. Sasha was really into like martial arts right. and stuff and I like remember that. kickboxing specifically. That same year he got the part of Cody Lambert on the sitcom Step by Step. Now just a few words about this amazing show. That's the one with Patrick Duffy yes. and Suzanne yeah. Summers. So already, <laughs> yeah. it's a home run. Come on. It's trash. Yeah. Fucking Patrick Duffy. First he's of like all, trying his hand at comedy. He's trying <laughs> his hand at comedy. These two parents were the horniest parents on TV of all time.
1: Yes. They were always... I definitely watched Step by Step. <laughs> I did not watch Home Improvement. This show I did see because I remember a lot of the um, child actors too.
0: It was Full House but trashy. And I liked that about it. I liked this way better than Full House because it didn't take me for a fucking idiot. Yeah. It was like the kids were actually little shits. Yeah. They weren't little goody two shoes like they were on Full House.
1: Right. And the parents were irritated with them.
0: The parents were irritated. The parents fucked. Yeah. And I liked that the parents were always like horny things. It wasn't a lesson show either. They had morals and shit. But But, but Full House always had them, like, I feel. Yeah, like, I just feel like Step by Step was, like, a little more, like, driven by the comedy. Yes. Instead of, like, we're very wholesome. Yeah. Like, because, like, JT, the brother, he wasn't wholesome. He was always, like, looking for babes and shit, you know? And, like, even Mark kind of was horny sometimes, the little (laughs) nerd. Like, everyone was pretty horny on that show. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Sasha Mitchell played the lovable Cody from 1991 to 1996. And he was like this stonerish surfer guy character. He lived outside the Lambert Foster home in in a van. He was cute. He was funny. He played the guitar. But reality was a lot darker. (laughs) In 1995, fans of the show, myself included, were horrified to learn that Sasha had been arrested for domestic abuse. I cannot tell you how upset I was when I heard this news (laughs) as a kid. It's pretty bad. It's not like a drug bust or drunk driving. This is something that's like unforgivable. And like when I I was such a huge fan of the show and like obviously I loved Cody. And when I found out like, oh, he beat up his wife, I was so fucking upset.
1: It was pretty upsetting. upsetting.
0: Yeah. And this I didn't know the details about it until, like, now, like, recently. So they're pretty awful. Now, on April 21st, 1995, police arrived at the Mitchell residence after his mother-in-law told police that Sasha had beaten her daughter, Sasha's wife, Jeanette Mitchell. The LA Times reported that Jeanette was sitting on their bed with with her seven-year-old daughter when Sasha hit and kicked her. Jeanette then locked herself in the bathroom, but Sasha kicked the door in and continued to attack her. Deputy District Attorney John Colombo said, quote, he whacked her upside the head, kicked her in the hip, and put a hole in their bathroom door. Jeanette was pregnant at the time. Jesus. Sasha was charged with two counts of battery, one count of spousal abuse, and one count of child endangerment. He was booked into the Ventura County Jail, but released on bail. Sadly, this was not the first account of him abusing his wife. Jeanette told police that Sasha had beaten her before. In the past, she had suffered a concussion as well as a shattered eardrum. Sasha's lawyer argued that he is a loving father and husband and could not have possibly done this because Sasha is trained in martial arts and if he, he would have injured her much more seriously if he meant to do harm. What an insane argument.
1: Yeah. That is It's so delusional. How dare you? Also, it's like so like the busted eardrum is such a classic domestic violence uh, injury. Oh yeah. I mean it's, it's horrific. So, yeah. It, it's just the minute I hear that I know. And like that isn't serious. Yeah. Like that's not a
0: serious harm. I just don't understand what this guy is. Also angle it's like was.
1: completely like ignoring the fact that these people don't want to be caught. So they kind of sometimes strategically pick the way to do it. Absolutely.
0: Now, Sasha's wife ended up having a warrant out for her own arrest when she failed to appear in court to testify against her husband. However, the prosecution stated that they did not want to have to arrest her as she was the victim. And it was possible that she was feeling trapped and afraid to testify. And I'm like (laughs) 99.9% sure that was the case. Yeah. Sasha pled no contest to the charges. His lawyer said Sasha and Jeanette had reconciled and were living together, so they tried to use that as like proof. Proof that he didn't abuse her because I mean She's back
1: there. She's she's living with him again. She can't be scared. Why would she go back?
0: Wait, why why on earth (laughs) why on earth would a battered woman go back to her abusive spouse? That's never happened before. (laughs) Fucking dumbass. So he was sentenced to three years probation as well as a $2,000 fine. He was also ordered to attend a domestic violence counseling program. But Sasha violated the terms of his probation and was arrested again in December of 1995. He ended up spending 30 days in jail and was allowed to leave during the day to film step by step. He's still filming step oh by God. step at this point. A few months later, Sasha was arrested again for violating his probation and for continuing to beat his wife. Mm. Sasha was accused of hitting his wife with a couch cushion while she held their infant son. He was also said to have spit on her and called her a slut. When Jeanette refused to go to dinner with him, she said that he threw a chair against the wall and then threw her guitar through a plate glass window. Now, as if the lawyer's defense for Sasha wasn't, ridiculous the first time listen to this new argument he's about to make this is a quote quote it's important to recognize that although he lost his temper he wasn't completely out of control there is an element of progress you didn't have the that extent of violence that that you did in the past it wasn't acceptable but it was in a milder form he used a cushion. <laughs> it was
1: softer than his fist. Like, also, isn't he, like, sort of admitting that it happened last time? Right. Yeah. Like, dude. Get your arguments straight. What? Did, can
0: you believe that? This is why people don't trust lawyers. like Or law enforcement or yeah. anything or anything in the system when it right. comes to, like, Sasha was sentenced to 60 days in jail, but it did not end there. By July of 1996, Sasha had once again failed to attend domestic violence counseling as well as failed to report to his probation officer. In fact, he hadn't been seen or heard from at all since he left jail in June. A warrant for his arrest was issued. That August, he was located in Tennessee where he was arrested. After posting $25,000 bail, he was extradited, extradited back to California Sasha told the court at his trial that he left for Tennessee after his wife moved there with his children because he was afraid of them being alone with her. He accused Jeanette of neglect and abuse against the kids and claimed that she was on drugs. Obviously, Jeanette refuted these claims when she took the stand and she was like, yeah, he's the abuser. Yeah. Not me. I left because he's the abuser. Sasha was sentenced to 180 days in jail. And that was the end of that. Just awful. Isn't that awful? We're going to talk about one of my favorite people, Lisa Bonet. Okay. In the 80s, Lisa Bonet rose to fame playing Denise Huxtable on The Cosby Show and its spin off, A Different World. And in 1987, she starred opposite Mickey Rourke in the noir horror film Angel Heart as Epiphany Proudfoot, a sexy voodoo priestess. Desi, I assume you've seen this movie. Yes. And I remember the scandal very well. (laughs) One of my favorite movies of all time. One of the hottest movies of all time. Like the hottest sex scene I mean, that's when Mickey
1: Rourke was still hot.
0: Both of them are so hot. And them together fucking in this movie is like, it's transcendent.
1: I'm so happy that I know Mickey Rourke from when he was hot. Right. Because he was really hot. He was
0: like a sex symbol. Was What was that movie? Nine and a Half Weeks?
1: Nine and a half weeks. I mean, he had a bunch of movies that he was hot in. <laughs> I'm just saying there was a point where he was hot, then he kinda went away, then he had a comeback and he had already kind of done whatever to his face. It was like more than just aging. Right. Uh and so it's like, no, he used to be really hot. Like when yeah. you see him, it's like it's not it doesn't look like the same person. No, it does not. I, I And he's a great actor still, but uh yeah.
0: Yeah. But he's Fantastic in this movie. She's fantastic in this movie. And Robert De Niro's in it, too. And Robert De Niro, yeah. obviously, he's in it, too, as well. Now, to promote the film, 19-year-old Lisa appeared topless in a shoot with Interview Magazine, and the film itself featured a lot of nudity, as well as a pretty graphic sex scene, like I mentioned before, between her and Rourke. The film was almost given an X rating. They had to cut 10 seconds of, Nikki, of Mickey Rourke thrusting. Right, and then I they could make kind it cut. It was like only ten seconds of thrusting. <laughs> it was like they had to cut like ten seconds of his butt thrusting into her. I mean, it does seem excessive. <laughs> <laughs> like ten seconds is long. Some of us might want to see that, but in a in a Hollywood movie, right, it's true. like it is
1: like sort of like we get the point. They're fucking. Like I can see.
0: Right. But um, I do think that that's funny that that's hilarious. hilarious. Yeah, that it's like, no, it's oh, hilarious. because it's going on longer. Because
1: it's like, think about how much you have to think about sex to be um, a censor. <laughs> <laughs> like, they think about it more than any of us. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So this movie had a lot of, like, buzz leading up to it because this was a very adult role. This was her first film role. Right. And she's ve- very wholesome. She's on, like, the yeah. wholesome family show. Now, Bill Cosby was, of course, famous for promoting his very squeaky clean, wholesome, mm-hmm. family friend friendly that entertainment. One hundred
1: percent legit,
0: right? <laughs> uh, so he was like not happy about Lisa doing this, and not happy at, like he 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 was interviewed, and I was reading these old interviews with him, and he was basically telling the interviews like it's her decision; she can do whatever she wants. But he was fuming.
1: It was so gross even at the time. It I was, just remember thinking that it, it was controlling and weird like
0: well every, and it was upsetting too because inter, everyone was like asking like his authority on the situation like it matters she's an adult she's an artist and he's not her dad. He's like, not <laughs> her dad. Like yeah. Like it was they were treating it like like I there was an interview I read with Lisa Uh, Like, I read the transcript of it. Uh, She was on Letterman in 1987 promoting the movie. And even Dave Letterman was like, well, what does Bill Cosby think of this? You being naked in a film. No, Um, yeah. And because it didn't stop there with Angel Heart. Right. Because the following year, Lisa became pregnant with Zoe. Okay. Uh, When she got married to Lenny Kravitz, they were pregnant with Zoe. And Cosby wrote her out of a different world. Because he refused to have Denise Huxtable be single and pregnant. Right. So she was written off her own show. Right? Did she sue him for that? No, she never sued him, but she her and Debbie Allen approached Bill Cosby when she found out she was pregnant and they had all these ideas about how to incorporate it right. into the story. And he was like, No, I'm not gonna have her be single single and pregnant. She's so gross.
1: He's just awful. He's awful. Also,
0: like, even if you didn't want to have a
1: pregnancy storyline, he could have worked around it. They do it all the time. Yeah. Like, there could have been things that they did to have her back after her pregnancy was over. I mean, it was the 80s. I'm sure she could have worn baggy shit. Yeah, like a trapeze dress. (laughs) Come on. Like, or just be off. For a bit and have like Whitley take over, like they did eventually. Yeah. But it's like
0: she could have, they could have dealt with it, but he wanted to get rid of her. He wanted control. He was already like mad that she was sort of her own autonomous woman making her own creative decisions. And knowing what we know now, it looks extra gross. Yes. Now, Lisa told Netta Porter, I think this interview's from 2018, she said, quote, th- about knowing that he was an abuser back then, she said, quote, Did she know? This is what she said. Okay. There was no knowledge on my part about his specific actions, but there was just energy, and that type of sinister shadow energy cannot be concealed. I don't need to say I told you so. I just leave that all to karma and justice and what will be. Yeah. So, yeah. Lisa confirmed. She's like, Yeah, I did think he was a creep. A creep. Yeah. But I didn't have any knowledge of anything specific when it was you happening. You know the vibe.
1: Yeah. And then there's tons of times in your life where someone, you felt uncomfortable around, it. Pro- they proved themselves to be gross. Yes. Like, it's, it's like, happened it me numerous times. It totally clicked. It's clicks. like, I never felt comfortable being alone with that person, or right. they always had a weird... And I think a lot of women sort of like, oh, you're just paranoid, or whatever. Like, yeah. I think
0: that's a typical reaction. And then you find out, you're like, oh, my God, like... Right. So that makes sense. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's all I really have. Unless you have any other thoughts, like if you, stuff you remember from that era of Lisa Bonet.
1: No, I just remember those scandals and just thinking it was bullshit then. Like it seemed so paternalistic yeah. and gross. I mean, anytime a man is trying to control a young woman, I'm always going to be like, uh, like it reminds me of like the popularity of those, like, I'll shoot you if you come date my daughter <laughs> type things. Yeah. Like, and it was like weird. Because they did, I think, initially try to sell him as like a surrogate father to her before this happened. Yeah. So it gave it that vibe of like this dad trying to control her. But then the fact that she's an adult when it happened. I I don't know. Like, I don't really have any thoughts other than what I guess I've said. It just struck me as gross then. Right. And I was never a huge Cosby Show fan. Like, I did like A Different World better, I think. Um, But I typically didn't really watch those family shows. (laughs) Just because I think my my vibe was very not a family, <laughs> like I don't know, I didn't get anything out of them. I was yeah. like, oh, this is all bullshit. Like, right. I just had a cynical attitude even back then. Yeah, to that kind of stuff. Yeah, so it didn't like surprise me that he was kind of a dick. Right. I don't know. Right.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, that's all I have about this. Okay, our last story for this episode. Don't worry if we missed your favorite scandal. We'll probably talk about it on the next installment of this series. This is about Beavis and Butthead. Oh. In 1993, five-year-old Austin Mesner and his two-year-old sister Jessica were being looked after by their babysitter while their mother Darcy was at work. Their babysitter regularly let the kids watch Beavis and Butthead. (laughs) (laughs) This sounds like an urban legend. I know. But it's not. And I thought it was for the longest time. But it sounds like one. One night, the episode... Uh, One night, a specific episode featuring the bit Comedians was airing. In the episode, Beavis and Butthead light shit on fire and comment on how playing with fire is fun. Austin's mom later became concerned when she caught her son playing with matches. She said that he was always laughing like Beavis and Butthead and talking about fire. (laughs) It alarmed her enough to the point where she removed his bedroom door so she could more closely monitor him. On October 6th, 1993, Darcy woke up to smoke filling their mobile home. Austin had lit his bed on fire with a cigarette lighter. Shit. The, home became, the home became engulfed in flames. Austin and his mother survived, but two-year-old Jessica did not survive oh. the blaze. The children's grandmother called for the show to be taken off the air. And this story gained national attention and sparked a discussion over whether TV can be blamed for violence. Right. Now I remember the Beavis and Butthead being this big scandalous thing when I was a kid. And I watched the show. Yeah. I totally would stay up late and watch it when I was like I was like seven in nineteen ninety-three. Like I watched it at this in this era at this age. And I do remember like hearing stories on the playground of like, oh, some kid blew himself up because of Beavis and Butthead. And like I remember this story. I remember when this story happened that this kid I remember
1: this story. I mean I remember other controversies with this show, but not specifically this one.
0: There was a lot. Like this was like a pretty this show like really like got to people. It's hilarious. I mean, <laughs> I haven't watched it in a really long time, but well, I remember dying laughing. I w- I love fucking loved this show. It was so funny, and like I was watching old like news clips from 1993, like covering this story and like in between talking about like this really serious right. awful tragic story they were playing clips of Beavis and Butthead yeah. so I would be like laughing and then they'd go back to this horrible story like well you can't play the clips like because clip- I know there is something always weird about that when it's like this awful like truly
1: tragic story yeah. and then playing the clips and the news casters have to keep a straight face during it and it's just such an absurd choice well, to this, make this one clip they played it was like
0: this sucks yeah <laughs> and I was
1: like what are you I mean, it's like, yeah, it's such a weird choice because it's like, no, because you're, that's not good. Yeah, this is like
0: a very serious thing. Um, This tragedy prompted MTV to air Beavis and Butthead at a later time slot, as well as include a warning at the top of each show urging viewers not to emulate Beavis or Butthead. I remember that. I remember the warning too. It was like,
1: I mean, as, you know, obviously, a. how old was the kid? Four? Five. Five? I mean, he shouldn't have been watching that show. Why was he watching? I
0: shouldn't have been watching that show. Right. But it's like,
1: yeah. But well, the, it's like sort of the advent of all those like stupid warnings. Like that's when they started happening. I, I feel think like. So. Like yeah. in the nineties. I mean, it could have, I think they existed more reasonably. <laughs> like don't put your hair dryer in the, in the uh, bathtub or don't use it in the bathtub or something. But we had warnings for everything in the nineties. Right. And there, and you see them now to this day. Cause people post them where it's like an insane warning. Like don't stick the toothpick in your eardrum or like whatever. <laughs> right. It's like, and whenever I see them, I'm like, someone did that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and they had that. to create a warning because of one person. Right. Uh, yeah. So people were trying to get Beavis and Butthead taken off the air because of this. MTV obviously was trying to downplay their role. It was like a huge hit for them. It There's was no a way huge hit it. for them. But yeah, they, they, they didn't get rid of the show, obviously. They're like, the best we can do is like, don't let your fucking young kids watch it. Well, the truth of the matter is playing
1: with fire is an old classic <laughs> dangerous kid activity. Like That's
0: not a new thing. Necessarily, and I don't think, I don't think media that kind of media that kid can will probably
1: be, have done something like that, regardless, because you're going to see fire or realize. Look, what happens. I
0: watched the show.
1: Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's, I grew up thinking we we were always growing up to, being told not to play with matches or play with fire right. and all that stuff. It's a classic.
0: I mean, like, I do feel bad for the kid though. Oh, I mean, yeah.
1: It I do sucks. feel and I
0: feel bad for the whole family, obviously. It's really awful. But I mean, here's the thing about kids.
1: If you've been around them, you know you you kind of think these stories are ridiculous until you're around a kid and you're like, oh my God, they have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> like yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, so it's not gonna happen to the majority of kids, but right. there's gonna be the one kid who has that interest and it puts it. You know what I mean? Like right. kids don't know what they're doing. They really don't know what the consequences are. Yeah. Especially like, at that age. Five is really young. Very young. So yeah, I feel bad for him and it's fucking tragedy. Absolutely. Sorry to end on a bummer, but yeah, Rachel, you should have ended on the <laughs> the vegan dude. Restaurant.
0: I had to start with it because I've been waiting. I have been like on the edge of my fucking seat to tell you that story.
1: That yeah, that was pretty wild. How crazy. I is mean, that? Ha- who would have guessed PizzaGate would make an appearance in an I episode know.
0: about sick. I know. I know. <laughs> And
1: flatter. And I mean, she, she really had it all. She, she There was not a conspiracy or alt-right view she didn't take on. <laughs> she, to, she took on all of
0: them. It's like, I'm going to take on every terrible viewpoint.
1: That is like an internet diseased brain. Like someone yeah. who is just on the internet in all of these chat rooms and just their brain is fucking broken. It's soup. It's soup. Like it's yeah. done. Right. They're done. They're done. It's Randy Quaid. Like right. it's beyond. She can't recover from that internet poison And everything that... Comes after her, validates all of her craziness, right? Like even the destruction of her business, that's all a conspiracy. Like, Absolutely, it's, just, it's never ending, right? It's done. Cool. I'm excited. Uh, maybe I'll do one of these at some point. Yeah, I have some ones I definitely think we have to hit.
0: Yeah, I mean there was one. Uh, that there's that so I felt- many. Yeah,
1: there's so many good ones. Yeah, there are a so. lot. Um, Okay, okay, that's our time. We'll post some pictures of Taryn, and I want to see the woman. We have to post an Instagram of her.
0: I will. I'll do the Instagram, uh, and I will do it. And this episode, uh, you're listening to it. It's coming to you at night, probably. Okay. Sorry. you're already
1: enjoying your evening. You're enjoying (laughs) your
0: evening. Hopefully you had a good dinner. Better than my bullshit healthy dinner I've been eating lately. Tell us what you eat. (laughs) <laughs> we want to know oh, my fucking <laughs> bullshit salad I had last night. Ooh,
1: gross. Okay. I made homemade fettuccine. Did you I see? Know. I know I saw it, you
0: dumb bitch. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>